0: Welcome to the Anxiety Slayer Series. Our mission is to assist you with creating more peace and tranquility in your life through anxiety release exercises and supportive tools created to slay your anxiety. Ananga and I were interviewed for the Huffington Post by a great lady named Carrie Henley. Carrie is also one of the founders of Gather Central and invited us to come be a part of her Morning Cup program. We thought you might enjoy the conversation.
1: Good morning, everyone. It's Carrie Henley. Welcome to Gather Central's Morning Cup chat. I am so happy to see so many of you here today. Sorry we came on a couple of moments late. We were doing a last-minute preparation behind the scenes in our audio green room. I am so glad so many of you have come in to join us on the web and on the phone lines today as we um, tackle our topic about anxiety and looking for anxiety anxiety slayer techniques with two wonderful speakers I'm going to be introducing to you, Shan Vanderleek and Anand Gustivier. I'm so happy to have found the two of them, and I'm sure that there is not a single person who's participating in this call who has not had some experience with anxiety, stress, depression, um, and have had to face a variety of tools and, and coping techniques to manage it, whether it's a chronic experience of trying to get anxiety under control or it's periodic transitions in life or unexpected issues that come up. So um, we're really looking forward to having a very active dialogue today from all of you. I hope that uh, you will be able to share your own thoughts and questions and stories. I hope you have your cup of tea or your cup of coffee, wherever you happen to be, so that you can just enjoy this time together and, and to acknowledge yourself that coming live on these calls is different Um, than than listening to a podcast. It gives you an experience of being right here in the moment. It gives you that opportunity to really participate and to feel that sense of a community. Our morning cuppers is a community. We get together um, at least twice a month, sometimes more often for our calls, and um, everyone just walks away at the end of the hour feeling so much better. So I hope you can just take a moment to roll your shoulders back Settle wherever you are. If you are listening on the web, to absolutely try to sit on your hands and don't give in to the temptation to pop off a quick email or check your Facebook. I know you are thinking about it. Try to just turn away from the computer. There's no visuals that you need to see so that you can just really focus to the content you're going to hear today and enjoy it. So before I introduce our speakers, I want to check in with all of you and just uh, do a quick poll. So if you are experiencing anxiety and stress in your life, I'd like to find out how much in general. So we're going to do a poll. If you're on your phone right now, grab your handset and give me a rating between one and five. One being I am calm, I'm good, I'm happy. Five being I'm a stressed out basket case. It's all I could do to get here today. And I need an anxiety slayer right now. Okay, so punch on your phone anywhere between 1 and 5. Where are you today in your stress? Oh, my God, Paula, my partner, typed in a 4. So Paula's stressed out today, honey. We'll work on that. We'll see how you are by the end of the call. So continue to poll. If you are on um, Instant Tele seminar, if you can just type in your name and give me your number between 1 and 5. How you're feeling today as far as your own levels of stress and that'll take a minute but then I love to hear everybody who's on the web. That'll let me know your names and uh, so I can check in with you throughout the day. If you haven't had a chance to vote grab your handset and just punch in anywhere between one and five. All right and while you're voting I'm going to introduce our speakers today. Shan Vanderleek is a unconventional spirited and delightfully curious woman. We're so excited to have her here. She's a television broadcast maven to an international life on your terms accelerator, yogini, and author. She's a world-class transition coach and the founder of True Balance Life Coaching. Shan inspires powerful women in transition to accelerate life on their terms while creating more balance in their lives. I love that, accelerating our life but also keeping the balance. She's the author of Life on Your Terms, which we're going to be focusing soon in an upcoming virtual book club, and the best-selling co-author of Wake Up Women, Be, and A Juicy, Joyful Life. Thank you, Shan. We're so excited to have you here today. Welcome.
2: Thank you so much for inviting us. Uh, It's a pleasure to be here this morning.
1: Dan is calling in from Michigan, which is the place of my birth. In fact, I know one of our callers here, Jill Butler, is a very dear friend of mine who's also a Michigander, so yay, yay for all the Michigan folks. Ananga (laughs) Sevier is calling in all the way from England. Ananga, we're so happy to have you here with us today. Thank you so much for calling in.
3: It's my pleasure. Thank you so much for having me.
1: I'm going to read Ananga's bio to all of you. She is a writer and teacher with a passion for helping people bring balance to their lives. Drawing from 20 years' research in personal development and natural medicine, Ananga works from a diverse garden of healing techniques, from Ayurveda, which is India's ancient science of life, to the latest developments in energy psychology. Trained in neurolinguistic programming, hypnosis, and meridian energy therapies, Ananga has helped hundreds of people find relief from stress and anxiety in workshops, and one-to-one sessions around the UK. She's the author of the EFT workbook, The Art and Science of Emotional Freedom, and editor of Living by Design Personal Development blog, which I absolutely love, Ananka. Her blog is wonderful.
3: Thank um, you. And the
1: two of them together have created a website called AnxietySlayer.com. We're going to talk about all of those sites as resources for you as we continue on to the call today. So again, I want to thank both of you so much. I have to just confess that I um, personally emailed some questions to Sean uh, to Shan and Ananga last week. I wrote a Huffington Post article about my experiences with anxiety and stress with my um, with my 12-year-old daughter who's been suffering from acute anxiety attacks and it took our life completely out of control for a couple of months and it was a new experience for me and an extremely difficult one to manage and we're all much better at the moment uh, but I was very grateful to the advice and ideas and feedback that Shan and Ananga contributed to me putting that article together and that'll be up on the home page of our blog later today for you guys to read. So I want to thank you both for that. You have wonderful tools and resources. So let's start with you Shan. I'd love for you to talk a little bit about your work in general and how you came to develop this special expertise on working with women in transition and how often anxiety comes out when women are in any sort of transition in their lives.
2: Thank you very much. Uh, I'll I'll start by talking about my my own transition is what led me to realize how many women out there were very similar to me and, and may need some support through theirs. So for about 18 years, I played a role in the corporate world, a very significant leadership role, lots of stress, lots of responsibility, and um, and then one day it was time to move on. And um, a lot of that had to do with the birth of my daughter, Marin, and um, the realization of, you know, everything changes, your priorities change, everything shifts. This is, you know, pretty obvious when you have children, but... Um, it became very Im- important to me to become a better version of myself, doing something that was more in alignment with being a, a healthy mom and a healthy woman uh, moving forward without all of the um, threads to the the corporate environment. And as I continued to, to move away from what once was the only thing I'd ever known, I experience significant anxiety around that. I mean a, a complete reinvention of yourself is not something to you know, just bad enough you know, roll out of bed one day and become somebody different. <laughs> that that doesn't quite happen. And so there's these steps that you go through, this fear and pain and discomfort of, Oh my gosh, this change is is am I gonna make it through? And then um and then you move into the the second, third, and fourth stages of the transitional cycle. And I thought, wow, I need to be able to share this message. I need to be able to reach out to other powerful women in transition and let them know that there are some tools and, and some things that will be helpful for them. Um, things that I wish I had known going through my own transition. And luckily, uh, Somehow, along the line i I think a friend of mine made me aware of Ananga, and I started to to follow her blog a bit and then out of out of the the blessings of the universe, I received an email from Ananga one day asking me if I might be interested in partnering with her uh, in a project to help people with um, the discomfort of of stress and and anxiety, and we just Clicked immediately and started to share ideas and um, with our different backgrounds melding together we we had more information more tools and and more to offer than we even realized we did with with my coaching and, and yoga background and then Ananga's incredible background and everything that you read in in her bio this she is she is the original anxiety slayer I'm just her sidekick <laughs> So I've learned a lot from Ananga, and there's you know there's a reason why we we came together, and we've built this beautiful site, AnxietySlayer.com, and we have been committed to recording podcasts, creating tools, sharing guided meditations, breathing exercises, anything that we can think of that might be useful and helpful and supportive to the people that are a part of the um, Anxiety Slayer following
1: so great. It's so wonderful to see, you know, as, as synchronicities, I think, is also part of easing our anxiety to sort of let go and let life lead you with those moments that come about. And it sounds like, Ananga, you had that idea to reach out to Shan, and what a beautiful partnership you guys have created together.
3: Yeah, it's um, it's been an absolutely wonderful journey. Um, Shan was really on my radar as a very insightful coach and, and personality. and. Uh, I was thrilled when she responded to my request, and we got to hook up together. And uh, she's way more than a sidekick, believe me. <laughs> it's a it's a very uh, equal sided partnership, and it's it's been great. We've we've learnt lots, and we've shared lots, and I'm just very honoured to be working with her.
1: So why don't we just start in then, Ananga, and tell us a little bit about what you find is some of the most common. Um, Situations, or complaints, or experiences with anxiety and stress, particularly for for women.
3: I think um, it's important to understand that anxiety isn't the same for everyone. We all have very um, different experiences of it, and embracing individual experience is incredibly important in helping somebody get to the root of their suffering with anxiety. But common trends, um, certainly for ladies of our age group, middle-aged ladies whose kids are a little more grown up, sometimes anxiety can really rear up out of the blue where your uh, nervous system is perhaps a bit overtaxed, maybe you're not sleeping as well as you could be. Also, that transition through the middle stages of life, it's very common for that to kick off anxiety. And if you know that, you can kind of begin to prepare for that transition and support yourself through it. But if you're not aware of that and you're running around being a mom and perhaps working and doing all the things that the lady of the house has to do, sometimes that can really rear up as if out of nowhere and and shock you and you feel like you're in a real crisis. So that's quite common for a common way for anxiety to manifest for ladies going through their middle years.
1: Mm -hmm. The results of our poll were actually pretty good, that nobody was a five. So I was pretty happy about that. We even had one person who was a one. Uh, so that was really good. And I think quite a few, the majority of our polls came in at the number three, which mm-hmm. I would expect is sort of very common that we're operating with this, you know, buzz in the background. There's sort of stress and anxiety that's there. And certainly in my background in training, corporate training and development and doing work in stress management, that. I know that a certain amount of stress is very important in our life. If we didn't have stress, we would never get off the couch, and we would just watch you know, the Food Network all day, and we wouldn't have a motivation to go out and you know, push ourselves. So how, how it, it sound, you know, for most of us who are at that number three, you're walking that tightrope where sometimes you're fine and you may have some tools. You go to the gym. You have some time with friends that are keeping all of those stressors at a, at a manageable level. But uh, what are some of the experiences you've had that you know, kick us over the edge where we're just not, we're not managing our stress and it's beginning to affect our lives?
3: Mm. Well, to be blunt, if you're running along at a 3, you would serve yourself very well by going down to a 2. 3 is active, it's engaged, it's, it's functional. But as, as you said, you've got a little bit of a rumble in the background. So when talking about stress and anxiety, I always use the example of a simmering pot. If you put a big pot of water that's cold over a flame on your hob and you you put the little flame under it then very very slowly it begins to heat up and bubble and eventually it starts simmering if you're at level three you're simmering a little bit and anyone who cooks knows that the difference between simmering and boiling even with a small flame under that pot is a lot smaller margin than the difference between a cold pot and a simmering pot it takes a long while to get us heated up but once we are heated up little things can much more easily heat us up further and tip us over the edge. So sometimes we're running along fine, we're busy, we're engaged, we feel committed, we feel in touch with our duties and we're motivated and that's fine. But sometimes the little buffer between feeling okay and feeling very much not okay, that that can be a subtle line that we can trip over really easily. So it's, it's very important to develop awareness of what's okay with you and what is't and when your body and your mind start to whisper to you, "Hey, this isn't feeling so good now that we have to know how to listen and how to bring ourselves back off the boil, mhm,
1: yes, definitely and and Shan, um you want to add to that what What do you find is that walking that tightrope that we all are managing in our lives, managing our social networking, our emails, our kids, our laundry, our exercise. You know, I'm sure that must come up frequently in your coaching with women who are really trying to live that balanced life and and never sure if they're measuring up.
2: Yeah, it, it really is. The the um, what I hear the most is my well is dry. Or uh, initially, I'll, somebody will reach out and think that that they want help with time management. And I say think that that is what they want is because they're trying to still cram in every single task and responsibility and project within a a finite amount of time without the understanding that maybe they can't do it all right now at the same time. You can do it all. I'm here to tell you that you can do everything you wish to do, but not at the same time. And so what, what happens is We become out of alignment, and as as Ananga said, so so many women are not aware of their own body. They're not living in their own body, so they're not paying attention to the different things that will happen internally that are warning signs to slow down. And I call this bumping around from one task to the next, from one place to the next to, you know, can I take care of this? Can I take care of that? Okay, what's next? What's next? And this list that goes on and on and on, but that you might start having significant headaches or you might feel short of breath or you might feel afraid or, you know, these things that, that pop up cannot be blown off because eventually, as Ananga so eloquently talked about. The, the pot will boil over. So it's, it's one of those things where you also look at the other side of this, and you've got women who, and I can completely be the guinea, guinea pig or the example for this. You've got women who are so over the top, type A, just go, 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 forces of nature, that if you were to ask me to key in on the, p, on, key in on the keypad um, six years ago, I would have said, I'm a 1 or a 2, when actually I was a 10. But I didn't know any other way. I just knew how to kick ass and take names.
4: <laughs> and,
2: and at that point is when I realized, uh-oh, you know, thank goodness for yoga. Because if it weren't for the discovery of yoga, I'm not sure that I would be here right now today in, in this capacity doing what we're doing. Because yoga helped me get back in touch with my body, back in touch with my breath, back in touch with the understanding that I didn't have to be uh, a force of nature 24 hours a day. Mm-hmm.
1: This is great. I think we're, we're starting a great foundation for our conversation here. So I want to begin now to just open up um, the conversation to all of you to bring us together now to have a conversation. This is an open agenda call so that we can tune in on some of your questions and what's on your mind today. So if you have something you'd love to bring up, a comment or a question or experience, or an example um, from work or from home or as a parent, please do. You can let me know that you'd like to jump in by pressing number three on your handset. So I'll see that and I can, I can call on you. And if you're on the web, to um, type in your questions and then we're just gonna weave these in as we continue <clears throat> our conversation. I'd love to talk about, uh, Paula and I were both on the same wavelength here. She's making a little comment. Uh, when I it was just in the midst of full-blown radical stress, um, I, I found that everybody around me was also in it, and I didn't know. So it's similar to what you had said, Shan. All of a sudden, when those in my community discovered that my daughter was struggling with medications for anxiety and side effects, and all that, all of a sudden, it was like the doors were blown open. And everybody I knew was taking an antidepressant. Everybody I knew had had panic attacks. And, and these were friends that I had known for so long, I had no idea that there's, I think, a certain level of shame and guilt around admitting that there's a lot of stress in the world right now and there's a lot of anxiety. And sometimes, psychiatrically, we need support to handle it. And somehow it's not easy for women to um, receive and um, really ask for help. And uh, so I would love to hear maybe a little bit about the, the sense that for women that we just have to do it all, and if we're not doing it all perfectly, there's something wrong with us, and therefore we have to got to keep it quiet. And some people keep it quiet by eating more, overeating, and some manage it by not eating enough or not or drinking too much, or you know, we kind of pick these somewhat unhealthy patterns because, we're really afraid to seek the support that we need.
3: That's and
1: either so Shan, if you have any, want to respond to that, love to hear your thoughts.
2: Well, The first thing that I'd like to bring up that I think Ananga can expound on is that the question to ask yourself when when you are stressed, when you have identified that I am a stressed out woman is why are you trying to do everything yourself? And, What are you getting out of being a martyr? What are you getting out of not opening yourself to community and
1: asking for help? That's a great point.
3: Yeah. And I think,
1: go ahead, Ananga.
3: Really, really important. I think because regrettably there is a stigma around anxiety, Uh, what I'd like to see is for people particularly the girls to understand anxiety is normal we might experience it from you know mild butterflies or an upset stomach to anticipation i should imagine everyone on this call today had a little flutter of anxiety when we're hooking in to connect with people we possibly haven't met before i did i had to use a few anxiety slayer tools to get myself calm and ready to go just a little bit but you know there's varying degrees of anxiety and the thing is if we do think that we've got to do it all ourselves and we're trying to hold the world on our shoulders, we have to know that we can't, and eventually we'll crash. And the later we understand that, the bigger the crash will be. So my mission with, with Anxiety Slayer is the whole, the whole model of Anxiety Slayer is that Shan and I have come together not to say that we've got everything sussed, but to say we know anxiety. We know what it can do to you. We really know what it feels like, and we know how to cope with it healthily. And I would like every woman to have the opportunity to be an anxiety slayer. I'd like to see every mother have the opportunity to be an anxiety slayer so that we can pass on in this really busy, pressure-driven world we're living in now, those skills to our daughters, to our sons, so that they can cope healthily.
1: I love that. And I want to make sure that I'm blocking enough time as we move into the second half of the call so that we... Techniques and tools from both of you. Um, to do that, how to become an anxiety slayer for yourself as a woman and potentially for others, either as a partner or mother. I want to throw in a couple questions. We've got a lot of them that are coming in here from the web. Um, Nicola from UK was made a great comment that it doesn't always stress that it gets us off the couch, but enthusiasm and a passion for life. And I think you're absolutely right. And I love being stood corrected that there's a big difference stress to get something done gets you off the couch in a stressful way, but a passion for life and an authentic love of living gets you off the couch in a whole different kind of a way. So yes, thank you, Nicola, for that. And Maze from uh, London said, I have a question for the anxious people out there. It came to me today at work. I know a lot of people who are anxious most of the time. It's like they have a constant operating level of anxious that shoots up but never seems to subside. I'm different and haven't come across anyone like me. I feel normal, happy, relaxed even. And then often without me being able to pinpoint why, my anxiety shoots up. All my positive thinking and relaxation disappears straight away and I feel suddenly lost. Is it just me? And what can I practically do at my desk? And I have another mm. question from Julie, but I want to come back to that. So let's talk about that one for Mays. that feel kind of like you shan, like feeling fine and then Oh bam, yeah. I'm not a oh mayor. yeah, I got. I'm at my desk and I'm losing it. What am I going to
3: do?
2: Yeah, you know that it's so. First of all, I'd like to say you are not alone, and that is a, a very uh, natural and normal occurrence for uh, probably men and women. Um, but coming from from a woman's perspective, when when that happens for me, and it still happens, okay so it's not like i've got this all figured out and never have have these things pop up but what i've learned through my yoga training and through uh, my relationship with ananga and our work with anxiety slayer is that when i'm at my desk and that happens sometimes it's as simple as backing away from the computer turning if you have fluorescent lights please turn them off and create another lighting opportunity in your office and <laughs> If you don't turn the lights off, shut the door and just breathe for a moment. Just close your eyes and breathe in and breathe out and simply get focused on your breath. And I know that sounds so simple and it really is that simple. And you just give yourself a few moments and we've got, you know, we've got, tools and tips and breathing techniques and guided meditations and all kinds of things. But when you're right in that moment where you're right there at at your desk and maybe you only have a couple minutes before a meeting or before you need to be somewhere else or what what have you, just to simply stop, to allow yourself to stop for a moment and then to come back and ask yourself, okay, what else can I do to make this situation better? How can I change whatever might be popping up and, and make it less stressful? You know, is this breathing helping? And a lot of times, I'll notice that my stress will pop up or my anxi- anxiety will pop up if I'm not eating properly, if I've missed a meal, or if I've um, had too much caffeine, or uh, it, you know, just there. There are all kinds of triggers, and I'm sure you know Ananga can talk about those triggers as well.
3: Yeah, those are really important points. I mean, Shan's really hit the nail on the head. Um, awareness is really important. Know what's triggering you. You know, if you find that you suddenly have an apparently random, unexpected anxiety attack, then just look back what's happened in the last 24 hours. Possibly you drank more coffee than usual, caffeine than usual. Possibly something happened that you thought you dealt with okay, but it's rumbling away beneath the surface. Maybe you've been through a really intensely stressful situation and you now feel okay, and then your nervous system just fires off and gives you a whole thing to deal with. Sometimes anxiety peaks when you least expect it, when you think you're okay. Maybe you're taking a medication that doesn't agree with you. There's an example of a doctor who took um, some extra cough medicine one day. He had a cough and he had a busy day ahead, so he took a little over the dose and had a massive panic attack. And he knew it was from the medication, but it really shocked him horrible experience so it's good to play detective there's an article about that on um, on our website anxietieslayer.com how to play detective with anxiety look for clues it seldom is random it just feels like it is but when you have a dig around you can often find triggers the other possibility is it's like when somebody has a massive allergic reaction there's just so much adrenaline and so much stuff going on in your system but beneath the level of your awareness and then all of a sudden it peaks and your body reacts enormously to that. And when that happens, the best thing you can do is really get one technique, as Shan said, working with your breath. Various techniques we've got to share. Pick one and really, really get to know it well, so that you can use it automatically, in, even in the most stressful, awful situation, even in the middle of a massive panic attack. But you're going to have to know it well, and you're going to have to practice and be able to bring it into operation. Like the SAS guys, they can go into the most horrific situations, real calm and really focused. And that's what you need to learn to do to be an anxiety slayer. And I think the simplest one that I would recommend for a a panic attack that kicks off out of the blue is to take a deep breath, drop your shoulders, feel your feet on the floor, acknowledge that you're connected with the earth and you're not going to float off into space, you're not going to pass out, and then start tapping with your index finger under your eye on the bone under your eye, right in line with your pupil. Sounds a bit crazy, but that's an acupuncture point that works for calming down anxiety.
1: Mm. I'm practicing that right now. <laughs> <That's great. laughs> well, if you <laughs> do, you'll find fly- technique.
3: I mean, if everyone wants to try it now, just tap there, right on the socket under your eye, in line with your pupil, drop your shoulders, take a deep breath. And all those people that were a three, just see if you can slide down a bit. Just keep tapping and breathing just for a few seconds. It really, really works.
2: I I have this picture of all, all of these women across the world. <laughs> I know. I hope you all
1: can get this image. You're all sitting at your tapping your, your face right now. If you sitting in your kitchen tapping your face, we all are together. We're tapping our faces together so we can share that little moment.
3: Yeah, love I'm it. famous in the UK for making people look daft doing this.
1: <laughs> I love this. So I can feel my shoulders are coming down already. Even listening to Ananga talk and Shan talk is a calming experience. I have a wonderful comment that came in at the beginning of the call um, from a upcoming Morning Cup speaker, Julie Braun, who has a business around working with interns. And, Julie, I know you're listening, and I'm not sure if you're on the phone and on the web at this moment, but if you're on the phone and you want to, ask your question live or comment, you can. Just press number three, so I know you're here. But I'm going to read Julie's question, which is a totally different perspective, where she wrote that sometimes other people's lack of urgency can make me crazy with anxiety. (laughs) And how do I manage that type of anxiety? So meaning you're focused and on task, I'm assuming, and then others are not sort of there, and it, it makes you crazy. So maybe it's around a a managing of expectations and how that relates to um, contributing to anxiety.
2: And it really does. And it's interesting that that comes up because Ananga and I just wrote about the difference between expectations and invitations and how I know for me, um, I am a recovering perfectionist and Part of being in, in recovery as a perfectionist is, as much as as much as I got really used to expecting, thing, you know, striving for the impossible, and and wanting things to be perfect, and and really not dealing with minor imperfections well, and then what what happens of that? If those expectations are of myself, then how am I what how am I projecting that to other people around me? And when you realize that you can come from a place of excellence and come from a place of invitation and not expectation, you can lower your stress really quickly. So you can begin to invite the people that you need to get moving to do so without expecting them to do so. There, there, there's a fine line, there's a difference there. Also, often, women that I work with and myself included expect somebody to know what they're thinking. And oftentimes we're not communicating what it is we really need. And so by inviting that person to step up and and move forward with what we need versus getting missed about it or getting stressed about it or wondering what, because you're just creating more energy around a situation that is making it much more stressful and they might not even know. They might think, "Hey, I'm good to go. That's really only going to take me X amount of time." And you know, you don't know that, right? And it's one of those things. In my prior life, managing lots and lots of people, if 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 I invited them to step up, if I shared with them what my expectations slash invitations were for their role, and then checked back that experience versus the expectation, I had a much better Better time managing and leading because everybody knew where where they needed to be versus maybe not really knowing.
1: That's a great. That is a great point, and I think everybody can relate to being guilty of that. Oh, good. Julie's on the line. I'm going to open up the line for you, Julie. Hi. Welcome. Hold on a second. Hey, how are you? There you go. Hi, Julie. Hi. Thank you. Great to have you on today. So um, did that uh, have that comment, uh, do you have something else you'd like to kind of expand upon from your question?
4: Well, I think that's really help, very helpful information, actually, because sometimes um, I, I see that lack of sense of urgency as being that people don't care. And I think that's a very, very, you know, important thing is to kind of fill people in on the the why, the why it's so important, why there needs to be a sense of urgency, and, you know, and to invite them. I love that so much. And I think perhaps if I think that way before I have the conversation, I'm immediately going to feel less anxiety. So thank you. That was really great.
1: Oh, you're welcome. I think, um, Shan and Julie, you have very similar energy, you know, and, and so many women, and I'm going to leave your line open for a second, Julie, in case uh, you have a little more you want to comment back from Enanga as well, that, you know, a lot of us have taught ourselves to be, you know, I say women and get a lot done, and whether that's expectations from our spouses or our business partners or employees or for ourselves, um I'd love to see if Ananga you may have anything else you'd like to maybe dialogue directly with Julie. How do you do that? How do you kind of prepare yourself not to lower your expectation but to change your perspective when interacting with others so that you don't carry either anxiety that then turns into resentment. You know, how do you how do you break some of that cycle?
3: Mm. Hi Julie. Hi. It's um it's a tough call, and I think it's something that we're always having to review and reconsider because those, those of us that live that way, it's because we believe very strongly in giving our best, and things are important to us, and then when there's a delay or somebody else doesn't show up as much as we perhaps feel they should, then that can be tough for us. But I think what I've had to learn, and sometimes it's been the hard way, is that we can only give our best. We can't give other people's best. And... So sometimes we just have to show up hundred percent and give the best we can. And then if they're late or they drop the ball, then it's, it's their late and it's their ball. It's not us. We can only control what we give, what we contribute. And the other thing is, I think sometimes the pressures, in fact, not sometimes these days, practically always, the pressure is on to do more than you can do in one circumstance, to do more than you can do in one day. We set the bar so high that we always feel that we're falling short. Sometimes I feel it would be easier for me if my job was building a wall where you can just look at the end of the day at a pile of bricks and some cement and say, hey, I did that and it's finished. But that's not how our lives are. We have so much carryover, so many different plates that we're spinning at the same time. And sometimes we really have to just step back and say, I've done everything I can with this right now and now I need to go and recharge.
4: Mm -hmm. For me, with my business, with interns, um, it's sometimes just their lack of experience Mm -hmm. of knowing when to demonstrate urgency or a sense of, um, you know, wanting to get something done. And that's the thing that I think I have to manage, get better at managing. I love the invitation piece, and I think that will be very helpful um, also, I realize that for many interns, this is the first time that they've ever worked or gotten any kind of work experience, so they don't really understand even where when it, where it comes from. So, um, yeah, but I think, you know, just realizing I can only manage myself and not other people and to really, you know, take part of that expectation level, you know, just know that I can do what I can do.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's going to be enough. Yeah, that's so good. Thank you so much, Julie. I'm so glad you could kind of relate that directly into your experience personally and and your line of work. And it it makes me laugh because I think working with interns is a lot like working with your children (laughs) and getting them to maintain a certain standard may not always fit your picture. So I it's want... always
2: interesting. Go ahead. Jen. I was just going to say it's always interesting when we can just step back and, and gain a little perspective and mm-hmm. realize that there's there's nearly always a simpler way to do things and that that's one of the things that that Ananga and I believe in so much is is to be as transparent as we can with what we've experienced both you know with ourselves and and with with our clients that are willing to share and then come back around to this to this simple understanding that whether you're having an adrenaline addiction or a, whether you're a stress junkie or a perfectionist or, you know, there, there are so many different levels that we're playing on. And when we can just get some perspective, we can come back around and go, wow, I was really been out of shape about that. But now when I reframe it, I see that I have this option to maybe look at this in a, in a new way. And it's just, it's powerful, Mm -hmm. powerful shift. I I want to weave in a
1: comment from uh, Monica from Denver. Hi, Monica. She uh, is writing in to thank the both of you. And she said, I love thinking that I can operate excellently without needing to be perfect or right. I hold Mm -hmm. tremendous standards for myself, yet I constantly create ways that I don't live up to those expectations and I get to beat myself up about it. Love yeah. that, Monica. Uh, you are not alone, sister. Um, I think that you hit another nail on the head about this uh, guilt. So I'd love to hear maybe a little bit from the two of you about how guilt, internally, you know, created guilt, can be an enormous contributor to anxiety.
2: I would love to t- start this one because um, guilt is uh, was a part of my upbringing. And um, it wasn't really a it was more subconscious than you know it wasn't it it wasn't um a source of violent guilt uh, giving, but I will tell you that when when I turned thirty years old um I had the the blessing of coming across uh, something that Brian Tracy had created, and Brian Tracy is an amazing motivational guy, and I used to listen to a lot of his stuff and he covered this piece on guilt, and it was just what I needed at the time because I had become a master, a mistress of throwing myself in a shame pit, in a guilt pit, and to the point where um, I would second guess decisions I would make, or I'd have conversations with people, and then I'd be concerned about the words that I chose or that I might hurt someone, harm someone, not show up exactly the way I should, Um, my gosh, my expectations combined with the guilt were so intense that thankfully this man was that aha moment of, wait a minute, I, I no longer accept or deliver guilt. When somebody is throwing a guilt trip, I can see it from a mile away and say, are you trying to make me feel guilty? Or if my own internal programming steps up, and I can feel that weight, that pulling in like a quicksand feeling, like you're being sucked into this guilty, loathing place where you're beating yourself up to a pulp. And I can say, no, that is old programming. And I can breathe through that or I can do some yoga. Um, I can get myself resting in child's pose. I can, I can address it immediately and know that that's, that's not real anymore for me. I've gotten really, really good. I don't throw guilt anymore and I don't accept it anymore. And I'm happy to tell you that years later, guilt for me is an area that I love to teach. I love to share with other women to help them get over it. And I'm not saying that if you do something horrifying or hurt someone or, you know, something really, really off the charts that, that guilt isn't, I mean, there's a part of guilt that yes, you know, you'd be a psychopath if you didn't feel a little bit bad about a, a really bad behavior, a bad behavior choice. But most of us are in this guilt, guilty place. And a lot of it's due to our upbringing and a lot of it's due to just this conditioning that we didn't even know we had. So I say anxiety slayer, you know, I, I you can just see me right now slaying guilt right now, just taking it out because <laughs> it's no good for any of you.
1: I love that. Can I? Yeah. Can we pick our weapon?
2: (laughs) Yes. You can pick your weapon. Any weapon you choose.
1: I love that. Well, I'd love to um, shift gears and focus on one of our um, sort of subtitles for the talk, which was give us five minutes, and we'll give you a calmer mind. And as uh, this uh, end of the week, here we are on a Friday. Those who have kids are all are all basket case because they're finishing up school and maybe fishing up work projects for the week. So I'd love for you to take us through those critical five minutes of what do we need to do to calm ourselves
3: down. Can I take that one?
1: Yes, Yes, Yeah, sure, Ananga. That would be great.
3: Um, I think, first of all, it's really important to understand that five minutes is incredibly valuable. The reason we use that tagline was because many of us feel too busy. To Sit and meditate for half an hour or or an hour. It seems like a big commitment another thing to fit in So our message with that is that there's a lot you can do in five minutes And just as Shan expertly pointed out that you can pick a weapon to deal with your guilt You can pick a weapon to deal with stress. You can pick a balm to help you soothe your mind and Really, it's a question of picking something that appeals to you that you can set up real quick and fit it into your day as many times as you can It might just be stepping outside into the garden and walking on the grass with bare feet, drop your shoulders, take a few deep breaths, just acknowledge the space of the sky, let yourself expand out just five minutes, feel your feet connect with the earth one foot after the other. It might be just sitting with a cup of herbal tea and really smelling it, really tasting it, not letting everything that happens with us be a mechanical rushed process, take some deep breaths, sit and count your breaths for five minutes, just Up to five, one deep breath in, one long, slow exhale out. And with every exhale out, just say, I choose to relax now. Just do that for five minutes. Real simple, simple things. But never to underestimate the power of how much five minutes can help you calm your mind. Yesterday, I had a really busy day. It was a beautiful, sunny day. And it got to about eight o'clock in the evening by the time I'd fixed dinner and done everything I had to do. And I thought, you know, the sun's going to set in an hour and I haven't really been outside yet. So I jumped in my car and drove to a beautiful place in the countryside about 10 minutes from my house where there's a valley and some lavender fields. And I just sat and watched the sunset and just took some deep breaths and just just allowed myself to unwind and just feel connected with nature. And I was thinking while I was doing that. You see so many posters and cards of the ideal romance, the ideal experience. You see little silhouettes of couples sitting shoulder to shoulder, watching the sunset. But who actually does it anymore? Mm. I, do, my... I do. I <laughs> do. I know you do. <laughs> so, um, you know, but who does it without doing something else? And Shan does. I know that too. Mm-hmm. But you know, it's just little reminders that oh, actually, this you know, this flower doesn't that smell beautiful. This feels nice, or oh, a few deep breaths a stretch. These things can be really luxurium, but because we're rushing, rushing, we think we need stuff to feel better, and yeah. we don't. We we just need to get inside. Mm-hmm.
1: And, you I know, love that's, that. a, that's, that's sort of being present are... in the flow state. Yes, go ahead, Shan. I love that Ananga.
2: And <laughs> sorry for stepping on your voice. Um, one of the one of the other things that I would highly recommend that you can do in five minutes is um as any yoga fan will tell you there's a child's pose a position that is just about the most relaxing position you can put yourself in and not necessarily at the office however if you do have a place where you can close the door you could do it (laughs) but the pose feels so good because it calms you down it tones your nervous system while gently stretching your neck and your shoulders and your spine And it's as simple as kneeling on the floor with your arms by your sides and bending forward until your forehead is gently resting on the floor in front of you and your hands are resting by your feet. And you just inhale and exhale and feel your breath and slow down and just really watch your entire body completely relax. And this is just blissful. And it can be done in five minutes child's pose. It's just it's a, another great, great thing for you to do for your mind, body and soul.
3: That's an incredibly valuable point. Actually, I, I was taught in my Ayurveda training, that if you don't do that for yourself, if you're suffering from anxiety, eventually nature will do it for you. If you see somebody having a really intense anxiety attack, or if you've experienced one yourself, there's a very strong impulse to just put your head in your hands and curl up sort of curl up in a ball. And that's why, because it really calms your nervous system when you do that. So to do it the way Shan says, to adopt that pose remedially and preventatively before you have to do it, because you're feeling driven out of your head by stress, is extremely valuable.
1: I love. That's wonderful. I'm even imagining for my little children. I have, I have little twins and one who can't quite calm down at nighttime. Such a simple thing to do, to, to teach our yeah. children these techniques and tools from a young age so that they have them as as everyday resources. As we get close to the end of our hour, I want to just have time to cycle into a quick comment about meditation because I know it's something you guys speak about quite a bit, and it was the one thing that I discovered when I wrote my Huffington Post piece that came up over and over again, that those who have experienced the level of triumph in slaying anxiety often came back to that it was really all about breathing or some sort of regular meditation practice, Um, and I find that is something I fall into and out of all the time, Um, have this funny relationship with meditation, and some of it probably is making the time, but I'd love to hear your comments about how do you introduce or how do you refine a meditation practice as a tool to be an anxiety slayer?
2: You know, Ananga, I'm going to start briefly and then let you go because you have more experience than I do. So cool. I'll kind of talk, I'll just take like the, the beginner version and then mm-hmm. and then toss it off. Um, I can tell you that for me, um, because of the background and because of the the way that my energy naturally runs, um, I was one of those people that thought, I don't have time to meditate. I mean, how are you serious? How could I possibly have time to meditate? And then um, I learned to just give myself a couple of minutes. So I would set a timer, and just for a couple of minutes, I would repeat a personal mantra. And all that really is is any word or two that, that might bring you a little bit of peace. And for me, believe it or not, it was I am peaceful or I am peace. And once I started doing that, I thought, well, I can do that. And then that grew into... a a better practice Um, and what I mean by better is just a more robust practice with the understanding that oh my gosh there are so many options I I don't just have to sit down and try to make myself comfortable and close my eyes and breathe for a half an hour I can I can take advantage of guided meditations and let somebody walk me through I can use a mantra if I want to Um, or I can just sit if I want to, or I can gaze at a candle. There's all of these options. And the the honest truth is the percentage of, I would say the majority of the people who meditate are in and out of it, Carrie. So you're not alone there. It just becomes one of those things that the more you do it, the easier it becomes to do, the more you realize you've got options. And so if I'm feeling particularly anxiety filled, I might not want to just sit with my own thoughts floating through my head. I might rather lay down in Shavasana, which is just laying on your back with your arms to your sides and your palms facing up in a comfortable space on your bed or on the floor supported with blankets and listen. And often I listen to a Nanga help me get back to this place of relaxation. And often that's enough. So I think that what's important for Ananga and I to share is that there are all kinds of options. And I found myself the other day in a crowd of probably more than a thousand people, and I started to feel anxious. And I could just bring that mantra up that all is well and I am safe. All is well and I am safe. Now, I'm not saying it out loud, of course. I'm just letting it run through my head to kind of help me get grounded. And I'd love to hear Ananga talk about meditation because she is definitely more advanced and has been at it much longer than I have.
3: I think that I can honestly say that meditation has been the key to my own mental health and trying to grow and learn as a human being. And I'm not saying I've perfected it. I'm still working on it, but I intend to be working on it for the rest of this life. I think it's actually essential but i also think that sometimes we have a tendency in the west to make things very complicated and you feel you have to go on a course or you have to have an exam or you have to do a set thing again setting the bar too high so if you're really anxious it's actually painful as shan said to sit down and sit with your thoughts when you're anxious you don't want to hear your thoughts so it's important to be kind to yourself and find some ways of meditating that are gentle relaxing supportive and that could be active relaxation things like yoga tai chi developing mindful skills even when you're gardening or walking just to bring that mindfulness and peacefulness into everything you do so if you're really busy it's very very hard to stop and sit and say now I'm going to meditate sometimes it's too hard so just learn to bring that peaceful awareness into whatever you're doing throughout the day and then eventually as you get used to that you'll find that a desire will grow within you for more peace and maybe you could just try five or ten minutes in the morning just to start your day with some breath awareness. I practice Japa meditation. I've been doing that since I was uh, about 19 years old, so many years now, 26 years. That's my chosen method of meditation. And I find that if I miss a morning on the rare occasions when I miss a morning, I really feel it in my day. It buffers me for the whole day ahead. So it's a real investment, and it actually saves you time. It makes you feel much more peaceful and much more healthy. But don't feel bad if you miss a day, if you can't do it every day. If you go for a nice walk a couple of times a week, it doesn't cancel it out that you didn't go for a walk every single day of the week. Just play. Do what you can when you you can. Mm.
1: I love that. I I see that we could clearly go on for a very long time about this topic. And um, as we get to the top of the hour Um, I want to thank you so much for what you've just begun to just do a tip of the iceberg for our Morning Cup chat. And let's finish off our hour with a final poll. So just check in and see how you're feeling just from having a conversation with these two amazing women, if it has, in fact, shifted your number at all. So let's take a new quick poll before we sign off. So grab your phone and just check in, and, and where are you right now? between one and five in your own scale of, of stress or anxiety or calmness, one being the most calm and five being the most stressed. Where are you? Just punch in your number real quick or type in quick to me your number of where you are at the moment and, and notice if, in fact, just taking this time hasn't brought you down a notch. And, yep, I'm seeing the numbers are coming down. Number mostly twos here on our poll. That is wonderful. And so I'd like to acknowledge all of you for, for that, that uh, what a beautiful way now to start your Friday with your calmness stepping up a notch, your peace stepping up a notch. And uh, I would love to explore inviting Shannon and Nanga to potentially collaborate with us and do an in-depth tele-retreat on how to become an anxiety slayer with a small set classroom of women who'd like to take this to a deeper level who'd be interested in really going into this material as as a virtual course. So if that is something that may be of interest to you, um, punch number one on your handset, just so I know, or type me a little note that you'd be interested in exploring something like that, and um, I'll have a chance to speak in more detail with Shannon Nonga what that could look like. And certainly you can go to the website, anxietyslayer.com, and it is a beautiful website with lots of resources on there that you can check out. From their podcast to their blogs, they have an Anxiety Slayer Rescue Kit. Um, so lots for there for you to see. And, and question and lots of uh, comments coming in. Thank you, appreciation from everywhere across the country. And thanking you, Ananga and Shan. So so glad you could be with us today. What a what a wonderful call.
3: My pleasure. Thank you so Thank much. Thank you for. Yes, thank you.
2: We had we had a great time. The time went by too quickly.
3: It did, <laughs> didn't it? It's crazy.
1: Mm-hmm. I'm going to have the two of you stay on the line after we close up the call. And for all of you, I hope that you will go to our Gather Central website. We have a very busy month of June, and then we're going to be taking some of the summer um, much slower in our pace. So next week we have three events coming up. On Tuesday we have our virtual book club, Um, with Ellen Kellner who's doing the the Pro Child Way uh, which should be, Oh, actually no that's on the 14th, never mind we have on the 9th of June um, a really great call, a special keynote call that we put together about how to eat healthy and obviously eating healthy is a huge component to managing stress I discovered myself during the peak of this stress that all I ate was Wendy's french fries and chocolate and chardonnay and coffee I had the worst diet I had in my life terrible. So many people try to eat healthy and don't really even know when they go to the store what is actually healthy and what's filled with ingredients that are bad for us. So a premier physician, Dr. David Katz, who is on television, newspaper, he's a true international personality, is going to be on the call with us with Dr. Debbie Kennedy, who's done incredible work with Health for Kids. And they're going to talk a lot about that, about how to take a grocery store health challenge. And Figure out if the things that you're buying every day at the store are healthy for you and which is better, you know, tortilla chips or pretzels. So look forward to that on the 9th. And then our next Morning Cup, we have a Morning Cup um, for the next three Fridays in a row. Next Friday, I'm delighted to be hosting Sharon Masseth, who is a wonderful, beautiful psychotherapist um, and angel guide, who um, is going to talk about the power of belief, of believing in in general and how that will filter through in, in us finding more contentment in our lives. And then on the 17th of June, two Fridays from now, really uh, excited to have Julie Braun and her partner, Michelle Demur, talking about the importance and power of interns, whether it's being an intern, to make a transition in your life, or working with an intern if you have your own business. So be sure to check our calendars, lots of great stuff. I hope you can join us live for as many events as you can. I'm going to leave the phone lines open for you. Sometimes we find our callers love to have that opportunity just introduce yourselves to each other and chat a little bit after the call. We call it the Gather Central Bar. And uh, with that, I hope that you take in the beauty and the teachings that you received today, and just the connection with the other women from London to Denver, to Connecticut, to California, all over the country all over the world who've been tuning in today to just feel a part of that special community and let that carry forward as you go into your weekend. So thank you all so much and have a beautiful day. Be sure to go like us on Facebook. Uh, You can look up Gather Central and I will go over to the Gather Central Facebook page for the next 20, 30 minutes to carry on the conversation as well. Have a great one, everybody. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining Gather Central's Morning Cup Chat. I hope you enjoyed it as much as we did, and we'll come back again soon. Please be sure to check our website at www.gathercentral.com for full access to our audio library, our online bookstore, as well as all sorts of information about upcoming events and workshops. Have a great day.
0: The Quick Anxiety Stopper. Emotional rescue when you need it most. The Quick Anxiety Stopper is a simple anxiety relief tool you can use anywhere, anytime, to quickly regain a sense of calm and control when anxiety strikes. Discover how to slay your anxiety today using your body's own emergency stop button. To find out more, visit the Slayer store at anxietyslayer.com.